You're sitting courtside with the best in the business. We're talking about practice, man. If you want the gloves to come off, go head-to-head where it's no holds barred, then you've come to the right place. What you gonna do, brother? For everything unsportsmanlike, you're with King and the Coach. Go. Episode eight, King and the Coach. How you doing, bud? I'm great, bro. Tickety boo in that blue I, hoodie of yours. I'm chilling. <laughs> and Loki, I still had his game on right now, so I'm just kind of peeking down and up. Cause I mean, I think the Clippers are gonna blow them out. Do you know what? I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a live photo right now of Justin podcasting <laughs> while he's got his phone playing. <laughs> That's a true hooper right there. Bro, it's like I can't miss out on the action. Who's playing? Clips, Nuggets, Clippers up 12. But I think this is 4-1. This is too easy for the Clips, bro. But you're a Lakers guy, right? I'm going for the Lakers, yes. Yeah. And I'm going for the Heat on the East. But But I'm still going with my pick as Celtics coming out. But as a fan... I like the heat. I'll say this. I was talking to I was talking to Carl about this yesterday. I think for pure talent and skill and a better team, Celtics would walk over the heat. Mm. But do you know what really, really scares me? What's that? About Miami is they've got this dog in them. Like uh. they have nothing to lose. Jimmy Butler is on a a, a box ticking exercise where he wants to tick off the names of everyone that wronged him and he's, Bro, he's out for blood. He yeah, like, cool. Wins a championship. Oh, wins a ring. He's secretly out for blood. Yeah. And you, those people are very, very, very hard to stop. Bro. Like you could have the best team. Like Brad Stevens is aside from Nick nurse. Like those are the best coaches going around. Spolster is pretty decent too. Yeah, I'll give you that. He's, is I saw your post the other day about it. <laughs> I, I don't know, He's good. Man. Look, I, you can't say he's not good. He's a very, very good coach. He's very good. But when you've got, like a Celtics is a better, well-built, crafted, assembled team. Uh, and I will back that to the hilt. Yeah. But uh... when you've got Miami, which are just these bunch of guys who are sick and tired of being said that they were never going to do anything wonderful. Right. You know, it was just, you know, this... Uh, Jimmy Butler was this no was essentially the the bottom level high level athlete, and now he's come out going, oh really? Yeah, and I think that's the thing though, because to me, I always thought Jimmy Butler was underrated. So to me, I always thought if he was in the right position, which he was for a little bit with the Bulls, but when all that broke up, he was not. But I thought he was always underrated on both. He was a He's not as good as Kawhi, but I see him as that type of player, like two-way, two-way type of player. As obviously, Kawhi is more skilled offensively and is just taking his game to another level. But I think Jimmy Butler, in the sense of like Clay Thompson, like he's going to get you clutch shots on the offensive end, buckets. Then on the defensive end, he's going to lock up some of the the best guards in the league, and that's why I thought he was underrated. So to, for him to match up with Coach Spo. Pat, Pat Riley, organization of the Heat. I think it was just because you know what I heard from um, retired player Andre Miller. I met Andre Miller when I was back in Vegas. 
was talking. He told me the Heat organization, they hold you to a certain standard. So every guy for every practice has to come in at a certain body body fat to yep. muscle ratio. Yeah, I've heard this. Yeah, yeah. So like their culture is just built around hard work, dedication. Yep. And that's what Jimmy, like off season, Jimmy always heaps praise on how he trains crazy hard in the off season. So that was just they just found they match, and I think that's what now we're seeing the Jimmy Butler, the real Jimmy Butler, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like, we're seeing the superstar Jimmy Butler he's, rather than just, oh, yeah, he's yeah, he's Jimmy Butler. He's good. He's he's but not. He's, he's, he's a, a superstar. He's a really good player. I'm just nervous. <clears throat> like, I'm really scared as a Celtics fan. And then they have underrated talent. Tyler Hero is a big talent. Drogic. Is a big talent that's underrated that's been putting buckets in, in this league for a long time. I watched Hero yesterday. He had this um, crossover at the top of the three, went left, yeah, and scooped it up, shot the shot it, scooped it up with his left, and laid it up high off the glass. Got fouled, and and it went in. Yeah, and he got real hyped. And I'm looking at him going, like he's more or less just. A, a, a grown child. Bro, he's a he's a right? uh, He's a solid hooper, he's, just a gym rat. At a first appearance, he's insignificant, but he's really showing people that he's on the map. Man, there was this funny thing I listened to on the ESPN guys. They were talking about how he when he left his hometown, which yeah. was like I can't remember what it was. I'll check it out now. Yeah. Um, he was getting death threats, and he was getting um like they were they were painting his car they were painting all Why? sorts of things red um where is he um where is he from he's from kentucky that's right from the wildcats yeah so he left kentucky he wanted to get out of kentucky real bad yeah and there the this uh story was that <coughs> excuse me um because he was just a really big talent yeah but like you no one leaves kentucky without kentucky saying so right and so he left, and they gave him death threats because he left. He wanted to get out and go to the big smoke in Miami. They were painting things red. They were sending him death threats, and then so what's so he didn't he go to Kentucky? Yeah, I, I, I'm looking here. He went he went to Kentucky, and then straight out of Kentucky went to Miami to the draft, right? Yeah. So what? I don't get it. There's no what. What team could he have went to? No, because I think he made it. He he made it his point that he wanted to get out of Kentucky. Oh, okay, I and see. Kentucky was super pissed. Right, right, right. I mean, who? I mean, all those guys want to get out. I mean, maybe not specifically just Kentucky, but out of they're they're 13th, one and done. Thirteenth overall. Most Kentucky guys are one and done anyway. So. He's sorry, Kentucky fans. So told, yeah, there you go. Six six five eighty eight kilos. Yeah. Like, he is... I hope he grows into that. Oh, he's a rookie. But, you know, I think when you, you talk about Miami, like, that's a cool point. I... Look, and if I had my way, mm. that would totally be... Like, there's a lot of a lot of things on my wish list for, for a team and putting people into, you know, getting a, a high-performance culture right. and, and system in play. And that's one of them. Is like... In season, you can't be above 15% body fat. Right. In season. In season. Like, I will allow you to loosen up a little bit. Right. Because 
it's all about recovery. Right. But like if you're 15.1, oh boy, you're running. You, you like got you're, it. Yeah. You're dieting. Yeah. And imagine if your whole team is held accountable to that. But see, that's but it's, it's the culture that's got to be set from the top. Yeah. Sadly, like Australian culture is just, oh, it's lazy, whimsical, like, yeah, we'll, like it will get there. No, mm. like you don't get under 15%. It, like, and we're, we'll test you every 30 days. Right. But in like a preseason, like you're under, you're 12 or under. Right. And for a basketball player, that's, there's no excuse for that. I, I would agree, yeah. Right? Because it's a, an, uh, an anaerobic sport. It's fast. Like fat doesn't fly. Right. And fat doesn't move fast. So being having a lean body composition is crucial for basketball players. Right. It's different for rugby and this kind of jazz where having extra mass, like an NFL front, uh, like a, a linebacker, mm. being a little bit overweight sure is not ideal, you know, but having that little bit extra mass can be the difference between locking an offensive end trying to get through. You know, so the, and it's it's sport specific, but basketball is high pitch, uh, high paced, fast, speed, yep. quickness, and, and and having high levels of body fat doesn't cut it. Right. So cool, no problems. Like you can be on the team, but you're benched. You're, you're like bring your polo because you ain't playing Facts. until you get under that. Like, I, and I don't care what archaic you know, old school ways you want to try and do it and sweatsuits and skipping and saunas. Like, I don't care. Just you do know, it. Just you get under 15% in season. You get under 12 in, in the uh, in the preseason. Yeah. But in this cancel culture and this really offensive world we live in, like, th- there's no way that'll get through. Because nah. it... Cause I mean, if... It only will get through if the players... If players are saying... If you like you said you started from the top and you trickle it down, so the GM is okay with it, then the coach is okay with it, and the coach relays it to the players, and then now the players have to buy into it. And if everybody buys into buys into it, I think that's something that can happen. Maybe some teams should look at that. You know what I mean? Out here in Australia, and maybe even other NBA teams. But other NBA teams haven't even, you know, done that type of stuff. I think that just comes from. You know Pat Riley. You know one of the great coaches and people of the of NBA history, and he just holds everybody accountable to the same standards uh, like he did in his old school way. So I think it's I think it's pretty dope. And as a strength and conditioning coach, I know that's something you would love to be a part of. <laughs> because there's there's very little downside. Yeah. Like. There, there's well, I, I'm, I'm actually trying to think about it. Well, as I say, like there's no downside when you have athletes that are leaner. Cool, they might get a little bit more cold in winter, <laughs> right? But that's about it. Like, if I've never met an athlete that was like, you know what, Sean, I'm too fast on right. court. Right. I don't, I don't know how I'm doing it, but I'm jumping a little too high. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, nobody's saying. No that one's ever. saying that, right? And and I use. Like a really good friend of mine and one of the, the one of the athletes I hold on such a pedestal, which is Joel Wagner. Like if you're at Joel's age at, at, in his mid thirties, if you're if you've got more body fat than a guy who's in his mid thirties, who's in his maybe seventy fifth season in the league, right? <laughs> ex, you know, Perth Wildcat. He's played with the Sydney Kings. Like he's he's yeah. he can talk the talk, and. He's got arguably the most endurance level tank in the in 
the in WA. Right. Like, there's no one who could outrun him. Right. Did I tell you the story? Of, I'll tell you that in a sec. All right. But there's no one who could outrun him. He's he's a, he's next level. So if you're if you've got more body fat than him, get to work. Right. If if you're and if you've got a problem with that, like I think Joel would be the first person to go. Stop being so fat. Yeah. <laughs> like Joel's brutally honest. But the thing is, like you've never met a person that said Joel Wagner's a bad player, a bad guy. Like he is the epitome of of someone who deserves to have right. the goat title. Right. A professional. Right? He's, he's a professional. Yeah. And that's what I think people in the SBL, soon to be NBL one, need to realize that take away the word semi professional, it's a professional, it's a professional league. league. There's yeah. money at stake. There's there's sponsorship. There's there's uh, notoriety. Like yes. it's a professional league. So start acting like a professional and treat your body like it's a, a finely tuned machine. I agree. You know, you you want to take your your piece of shit Hyundai gets from 2001 against all these mm. Mustangs and Camaros that are finely tuned and polished and put together. Like, don't be surprised that you might be the best driver in the world, but your machine's shit. Right. So Don't break down sooner or later. Right? And like I think just athletes need to take start taking some ownership. Like if, if you're overweight, it doesn't make you a bad person. It if you've got a higher body fat level, like it doesn't make you a bad person. No, but no if one, you choose to be a professional athlete, there's a difference. So right. like when you talk about cancel culture, we're not talking about just the normal person walking around every day. We're talking about the people who choose yes. to be an athlete. Yeah. Just be better. Hold yourself to a higher standard. Like I'm, and you can confirm this, like I'm brutal to you in here. Yeah. You don't get away with shit. But when we don't have tracksuits on and we're not training, like we're buds. Oh, we'll laugh at Instagram videos and like we have a good time. But we flick on that switch when it's time to work. It's time to because go in. There's, that's what's needed because we're both professionals. We're both friends. We both have a phenomenal relationship. Mm -hmm. We've, we're, we're friends outside of this. We're co-hosts in here. We, we have a professional arrangement out here. And you have to be able to turn off and on that switch. Yep. And if you don't, then you need to be better. And as in you, I need, I mean, athletes, athletes out yeah. there. Yeah. You know, just hold yourself to a higher standard. And if, and, and if it's hard for you, get with somebody that can. Like, for instance, like me getting with you. You know what I mean? It helped me. Like, I hold myself to a high standard already. But getting with somebody that's going to hold me accountable for what I'm doing on a daily basis as, as far as my conditioning, that just that just helps push the needle forward. You know what I mean? So, like, people, like, get out there and get with somebody that's going to motivate you and, and push you past the limits you think you have. Because the limits you think you have can be pushed, trust me. So I think there's, there definitely needs to be a leveling up. Um, and I think, and I've made a, it's my, my point for the next sort of 90 days is to just, I think we, we really need to start educating athletes in what's better because we've got new school science, but I also think we need old school grit. Mm. Like there is nothing like old school training. Yeah. Hard, it's it, it, it's it's designed to push you physically and mentally. Yeah. But we've got new school science to teach us how to do it intelligently. Yeah. And and how to leverage our time and maximize our time. And I think we just need to accept that. And these 
these dinosaur coaches just need to shut the fuck up mm. and listen to the experts. Yeah. Because a basketball coach has a finely tuned eye to see the game. Right. And, and and I'll, I'll refer to you as the basketball coach because yeah. I've seen you work with kids here on the court. Yeah. You can, and I, and, and I'll send you videos of kids shooting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know what's wrong, but I'm not the coach. I, that it has to come from somebody else's professional eye. But we, we need to, like a basketball coach has this finely tuned skill set to see the play in slow-mo. Yep. Can see plays, patterns about to happen before Everything they happen. Everything develop, right? I envy yep. that, right? Because that's really cool to watch. But that comes with time. It comes with experience. And, um, and I think having a, a, a growing up and having a, a really long-term experience of basketball just allows you to see the game slower. Yes. Right? And you, you do this. Yeah. Where we, we've watched basketball games together and you've said, oh, this is happening. And sure as shit, it'll happen. Like, you know the patterns yeah. when they come. And it's the same with this line of work with high performance and exercise science. Like, this is how I feed my kids. I'm pretty good at doing it. Yeah. So. And not to it, mention all the studying and every certificates, degrees you have to like, back your knowledge. You know, that, that a lot goes into, like, just like you said, me playing. I've been playing for X amount of years. You've been studying and training athletes, different levels and different sports, Olympic level athletes for how, how long? For, oh, I've been doing this 13 years now. 13 years, you know, 10 plus years over a decade, bro. So I think everyone just needs to stay in their lane. But then you also need to look at the look at what works. Like how many fat athletes, and I shouldn't say fat because people get upset with it, overweight, <laughs> higher level body fat athletes, right? How many over uh, higher than adequate body fat level athletes are there in basketball? Probably... You could probably mm. count them on one or two yeah. hands. Yeah, not many. Right? You can't even, it'd take you a while to think of it. Because it just doesn't exist in basketball because they don't thrive in basketball. How many overweight, higher than normal body fat level athletes are there in NFL? Yeah, a lot. You'd, yeah, you'd say offensive and defensive Most, ends. Yeah, I was going to say they mostly want you to be that size. Right? But like, have you ever tried to push one of those guys? You lose. <laughs> Every bro, time. Those dudes eat crazy, big, bro. Big humans. Have you seen that movie, The Replacements, with Keanu Reeves? When he's like the quarterback? I don't think I've seen The Replacements. It's like they bring back all these old has-beens because the, yeah. the league's on strike. And it's literally, they bring like a sumo wrestler to be the front of the offensive end. <laughs> it's hilarious. But I'll tell you this quick Joel Wagner story. Yeah. He's, he's awesome, right? We were doing um, some beep testing for, uh, for preseason with the Redback a couple of years ago. Oh, you got to hate the beep test. It's, <laughs> right? And Jeez. I'm not a fan of the beep test anyway. I, but it, it was one, the coach was adamant that he wanted it because mm -hmm. he, was, he was looking for something. I was like, okay, cool, coach, no problems. So we ran the beep test. And um, the, the usual suspects are the, are the first yeah. ones to drop out. And then the real... The real thoroughbreds kick in, and yeah. the shirts come off, and and then the the running starts. Yeah. And I don't think I saw Joel break a sweat until maybe 13, 13, 5, maybe four. Like he was just cooking. Wow. 
And it was gorgeous to watch, man. Like, I, I've seen beep tests. I've seen hundreds of beep tests. And he was, he was just tuned in. Yeah. Dialed in. And um, he kept getting higher and kept getting higher. And I was at the, the line. And he and I would just have a conversation every time he'd come back. Yeah. And um, Joel kept going, is there anybody left? Is anybody else running? And I'm like, no, 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 Joel. Like, you're the only one. He goes, oh. Yeah, I might, I might just call it here. He gave up because he, and so essentially he stopped running because he was so self-aware that he didn't want to take away any more training from all the other guys yeah. that he was just like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to stop right here. And he just stopped, walked, never put his hands on his head, hands on his hips, bent over to breathe. Not like even everyone's tired. on their haunches. And he just was like, yeah, what's the time, Sean? I'm like, yeah. He goes, okay, cool. Well. All right, well. Cool, I'm going to call it here. Yeah, he, he, he had to stop. Well, he stopped because he didn't want to take away training from all the other guys. Like, that, that's a pro. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. That's, a, that's a good man right there. He's a good dude. Got nothing, I'm nothing. definitely not up in the 13 area. <laughs> <laughs> He's a machine. Yo, there's some people out there that could just run, man. I'm not the long distance. Like, I can do sprints all day. You got a tank on you to do the short, short stuff. I, I can do that. But as soon as you get to telling me to do two, three, four miles. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, bro. I'll pass. Let me get back to <laughs> I'm, you. I'm going to head out. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, tell, me the, tell me the funny joke with, uh, with your post today about uh, with Cody and Coach. Uh, honestly, it was funny because it's not really a thing that's happened, but I know there's times where I'll probably pull up. And I, and I go, and this is for every coach that I, that's ever coached me. There's times where, you know, coaches just told me and they're like, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Like, don't take that shot. And then they kind of back off if, if I make it or, or then if I miss, they kind of get in my ass in the huddle. <laughs> so it was just one of those I was dribbling and I had my hand up like this so I just kind of like made the quote and I just thought it was it was funny because it's something Coach Mike would definitely say after maybe a couple come downs because we got a lot of shooters on our team so sometimes it can go one pass and that thing going up about four times down down on the floor so sometimes we we just got to get that ball moving so I just thought it was a funny quote this type post I got but, I got Real. some questions for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we know. we went to we went to air last week, and um, some questions came in late about what we we're talking about. Like, because we got yeah, real yeah, talking about yeah, the we got deep. We, we, we <laughs> it was good though. We were on a bit of a high when we walked out. We yeah. were like, that was a good one. So, uh, someone asked. Um, when we look at the development of young players in the West Coast Classic, yeah, should it be about winning or should it be about developing? And I'll put a I'll put a little asterisk on developing. What is develop? I mean, this is a basketball competition. So if you're asking me, I go into every competition to win. And if it's an adult league pickup game, you know what I mean? 
two on two, three on three, it doesn't matter. So my answer would be, you go on this thing to win and then develop. As far as development goes, that's what the summertime is for. That's what off season is for. Um, and that's what the D League is for. So if you got young guys that are playing D League, but their spots on the SBL roster, then sure, they should be playing D League and SBL because that gives them the confidence to play on that level, you know, um, to play in that type of spotlight. But for me, development comes from training on your own in the weight room, getting with a, a skills trainer, or if you're by yourself, putting up extra shots before, after practice, and in your own time if you're not at work or at school. That's where development, player development comes. Now, game experience comes from game experience. So, again, that goes back to playing D-League. If you're playing D-League or SBL, that's your development, you know, as far as games go, you know. So, for me, the West Coast Classic is about winning. That's, that's what it's for. If it wasn't about winning, why are, or why are we – why is it even a thing? You know you what I mean? It, do you think that's a real touch of subject with people? Is that oh, it's not about winning or losing; it's how you play the game. No, no, you play to win. Who who plays basketball like that? Doesn't it doesn't make sense to me? You I never because you love the game. I play because I you, love the you, game, but you, I step on the court to, to win. Win, and I don't like I don't care what the competition is. And it and if it was the other way around, players are stepping on the court to beat us, and we're stepping on court to beat them as a team. You know, coaches are coaching and having practices every week to win, you know, and you develop through that. You know, if you're not, you're not going out to win, then I, you're probably not even developing. Have you ever noticed how parents will always say this about games like soccer, basketball, baseball, but you never see these assholes talk about it with things like boxing? And judo. Right, right. Oh, it's not. Oh, little Timmy's facing off against little Frankie, and it's it's not about winning or losing. It's how you play the game. No, if little Timmy knocks out Frankie, <laughs> that's a fucking KO. That's a L. That's a, that's win. a big L. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's it is about winning. And sure, you want to be a good winner. You don't want to be a, bad, a sore loser. Yeah, I get that, right? But you got to win. For instance, like I'll speak about our team because I I believe we're doing a really good job at Warwick as far as winning and developing. But, you know, we go out to win, obviously, but our young guys get a chance to come in the game and then they go out there and they play hard to win as well. You know what I mean? And so far right now, their experience from the past few years and everything they do, they practice with us, they train with us, they train hard against us. And a lot of those players put in work on the side as well. You know, a lot of, see a lot of those guys at the gym when there's no scheduled practice, putting up shots are in the weight room. Um, I work with a couple of players on one-on-ones, you know, outside of our practices and outside of the games. So when, they're get, when they do get some, some of the D-League guys get some SBL time, they're prime and they're ready because they're using their free time to develop their game. And then when they get an SBL time, they use it and they show what they've been working on, you know? So that to me is a good example of playing to win while at the same time you're developing your young guys. Cause your SBL guys who are supposed to handle business are handling business. The young guys get on the court and they're able to showcase their talents and play hard, which gives them the 
mindset and the skill to play at the at SBL level and the confidence really because obviously next year the competition is going to be higher be better local players more imports but the confidence can come from this West Coast Classic when it comes to younger players so you know I mean there's a balance and you know I can't speak for every club because I'm not a part of every club but I can say that at Warwick we're doing a good job of that balance like we're stepping on the court to win but we're also using the time that we can when the, when the time presents itself to develop, you know, the younger players. And also shout out to the D-League team because I think we're undefeated. D-League at Ward, they're undefeated. They're using that confidence they get on the court and using it in, in their games, you know. So I think you have to have that balance. But, you know, West Coast Classic, you got to step on the court to get a dub. It's about winning. It's always about winning. Yeah. And I think if people think about it any other way, like, you just, you're fooling yourself. Yeah. Like, winning is a good feeling. Because my thing is, if it was just about developing D-League players, then why even have a West Coast Classic? Yeah. Like, you had just have the D-League and wobble. Yep. I think there's good lessons in losing. Like, there's good lessons. Oh, you have to. I think losing is the best lesson. Like if you start out right away just winning, you don't feel that pain. Or when that next team comes up, you're probably just going to get ran over because the moment you get face adversity, you're just going to pancake, you yeah. know? So. What is it? The, the wolf climbing the hill is always more hungry than the one at the top? Yeah. It's just, it's always about winning and striving for the next one. Yeah. You know? Um, that's a good answer. Uh, okay. From from Mr. Forty Five, Mr. Forty Five himself. <laughs> the importance in investing in your identity slash craft in your own game, not including practices or games. Your own identity and craft. Yeah, that's a good so question. So maybe, maybe maybe like you you're, you you. As an athlete, as a brand, maybe? As a brand, yeah. As your business, like you walking around, like you're presenting yourself every day. That's a good question. And that's, I think... It's a good one. That's a like, good that's... one. Because I don't think people talk to younger players about that enough. Like, especially when it comes to, we're in the social media era, right? So maybe a lot of players posting stuff that they shouldn't post or saying stuff on the internet that they shouldn't say or coming to practice looking a certain way. How I like to see it is you like we were talking about earlier like be a professional so if this is your craft and this is if you if you're a young player and you want to be a professional and you're on that trajectory as far as your skill goes and you're putting in that work well saying do the same for your look and what you represent you know if you want to come to games come to games you know fresh haircut looking nice be presentable you know if you're on online like talk about something that can create your platform. So like, like I like to post sometimes motivational stuff or nutritional stuff because a lot of people ask me about being a vegan. So I like to post that. So I, so I'm that's giving me a part, not just basketball, but that's some of my other identities. You know what I'm saying? And then for you, you talk about a lot of different things. You know, so. I think presenting yourself professionally is the best way to go if that's that's the route you're trying to go, you know, especially like younger players out there 
once you make it to a certain level, they're going to look at how you present yourself online and how you present yourself other places. When you're not on the court, you're still kind of representing who you play for, right? Or who you work with or who you're partnered with. So you just got to keep that in mind. And I would just say, like, stay sharp as far as your look. Like, stay sharp um, and be presentable and be respectful as well. Like, that's what I – what would you say to that question? I would – you hit it on the head. I think <clears throat> I, I, I think that if you're, if you're a basketball player, like, your name has to evoke an emotion. So when someone goes – if you get two GMs sitting down over a, a beer talking about who they want – and some guy goes Justin King, the other guy needs to think within a split second going, Justin King, oh, fuck, I wish I, I, wish I thought of that. Mm. Like you want this emotive response for people to go, okay, he's good, well-kept, doesn't cuss. Well, you can cuss all <laughs> you want, but like the, the stereotypical yeah. good, clean cut, mm-hmm. says his prayers, takes his vitamins, he's a good guy, good for the community. Right you know, good leader, like all of these things, you know, are, are the kind of things that uh, people need to think of because then they'll trust you. Right. You know, and you want to be able to have, so if it's, if, if you and another athlete with the same stat line are up for a contract, right? it's pretty much what you've done as a brand, as an identity, exactly. as your history and track record is going to get you over the line. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that. Yeah. You know, I don't think people realize um, that coaches, employers, anybody like this, they check social media. Yes. You know, they, that's where that's the easiest place to do your research. You know? So right. if, and if you've got just highlight tapes of just training sessions and you haven't played a game, but you've got awesome dunks <laughs> and awesome stuff in training like oh honey you <laughs> you haven't got you haven't got anything to prove you gotta put something else up you gotta put some skin in the game <laughs> so um yeah i think having having an identity is very 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 important um and you can use social media really well for that like show your identity yeah tell people who you who the real person is be authentic yeah you know people will uh, people will know if you're a dickhead or not all right. it, it, and as soon as one person knows, trust is getting through the rest of the city, the rest of the league, wherever you're at in the world. That's how word carries. You know? That was a good one. Um, my, uh, my question for you okay. is how are you even at this tail end of a short season? How are you still staying sharp? Honestly, bro, our program – that we got going and just staying shooting every day, you know, like I think even if it's just form shots, you know, not not every day I come in and just sweat it out and go extremely hard like it's the off season. Like now I'm just trying to I do a lot more uh stretching than what I usually do as of lately. I've been doing a lot more stretching and then the um the what I, I call them the moon boots. What oh, is the Normatec leggings Norma we've got Tech. in here? Yo, that is a game changer Huge for me. Huge shout out to Lee Roberts for those. Big shout those out to Lee. Big Lee. Yeah, bro. Game good, changer. Good looking on that, bro. So that's been a game changer for me. Boots. The moon boots. You know, that with like a lot more stretching and like rolling out 
like I was dealing with some uh, foot problems, so like rolling out my feet and stuff like that, just staying, like you said, staying fresh, you know, like eating good. And because I noticed, like, for me, as the seasons go on, everybody do- deals with wear and tear. So I try to, like, as the seasons go, I try to start eating cleaner, stretching more. I try to do that, like, every season. Like, towards the end of the season, I'm stretching better and I'm eating better. Sometimes, like, coming in from the summer, I'm not eating that great, I'll be honest. I'll be – I'm a sugar dude, so I like baked goods. Yeah, I've heard you know said that. You're, you got that <laughs> So I got to cut – I got to cut down on the baked goods on the middle to end of the season. But that's just what it is, bro. The weight, weight room program we're on, getting in, keeping my form sharp and – you know, a lot more stretching and eating better. Those um, Normatec leggings, just <sighs> game changer. Oh my goodness, they're they're amazing. Well, you you've had a bunch of double headers. I remember I had to get my that get all the tools out there for your oh, feet. My goodness, and bro, we and you bounced back. You had what averaging high mid twenties, high twenties a game now. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you bounced back pretty well. Yeah, I look. We're we're really lucky that we've got a lot of a lot of basketball players, a lot of athletes, junior athletes that listen to the podcast. Yeah, and I think it's something. As I get older, I get really, really, really good at eating humble pie. Yeah, it's quite a delicious pie. It is, bro. Right? <laughs> you know, I know. It. I I try to eat it uh, all the time. In your twenties, <laughs> it was disgusting, right? It yeah. was it was when you're a teenager, like you don't want to eat humble pie. Like that's it's awful. Yeah. As you get older, it's the best pie. Grandma's apple pie, my own humble pie. Humble like pie. Those are the two pies. And I have to say, being a strength coach, my job is about how do we get, like with the name suggests, like we've got to get people strong. Right. Right. And if you can't get people strong, you're not a, like, stop calling yourself a strength coach. Like that's what you should do. Definitely. But there was a quote, I'm going to try and find it. I'm going to reference it. Um, athletes need to be durable and available. So you need to be able to handle two a days. You need right. to be able to handle double headers and you need to be available for selection. Yeah. And if you're not those two things, it doesn't really matter what kind of bar you're lifting or how much you're lifting. Right. It's, it's irrelevant. It's, yeah. But I think now as I'm getting older, I'm really eating the humble pie of stretching. Oh. And yeah, I, 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 I am as flexible as a surfboard. Oh, ouch. Right. Um, but I can perform any and every lift in the gym. Right. But getting older now, spending so long in the weight room, sitting down in front of the computer, writing programs for most of the day, like it's being a strength coach isn't glamorous. Like if you're in it for like Instagram hype, like it, it it's not, this isn't right. the job for you. Right. This is, it's a long job. It's a lonely job and it is what it is. Yeah. But I wouldn't have it any other way, but stretching, mobility you know it's you know it's never seen as anything sexy it's never seen as never. oh it's not high intensity i don't get my blood pr- i don't get the heart rate up i don't sweat you know it's it, it sure it can't be good for you yeah look i'm the, the 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 stretching train is something that i've jumped on have you have you done some yoga i yes i've done yoga in the past and it's very 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 challenging yeah i've done the hot yoga that was that was the fucking hardest thing I've ever done. You should try yin. Yin yoga? Yeah, bro. So you got... So... 
How can it be harder than the hot yoga where you go into it and they say, we need you to sit in here I wouldn't, for I would, 90 minutes. I'm like, okay, what if I need to leave in like an hour? No, no, no. <laughs> we suggest you stay for 90 minutes. You want me to fucking cook in an oven for 90 <laughs> minutes? What are, what are you talking about? There's literally no Listen. more liquid in my body to sweat out. Yeah, no. And no. then I'm, I, I remember I went with my wife once. Yeah. And look, I'm doing well for myself. My, my wife's a stunner. And bef- before... Before we had kids, we were in cracking shape. Word. And she still is, but I was in cracking shape before we had right. kids. And uh, we were doing a hot yoga together. And my wife moved seamlessly through these poses. Yeah. Like eight out of 10, right? Like she could get better, but yeah. she was pretty amazing at it. I'm looking like a goddamn potato trying to move through these positions. And I'm wiggling all over the place. I'm looking around and. Like, and you could tell all these seasoned veterans were doing this hot yoga and you knew it because the movements they were doing were gorgeous. Like I would look at them and I think they were doing it to music right. and I was trying to find out where the music was coming from and I didn't hear it cause I'm a moron and I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't do the move. And some of the, and like the, they were gorgeous. These men and women bodies that you've never seen yeah and but you'd only ever see them half naked in a sweaty fucking oven you know and i'm just there leaking just going you know what it's 90 minutes i could put up with this That's i've a sat at a, time, i've bro. sat at dinner with my in-laws for more than 90 minutes <laughs> i could do this <laughs> i can do this and when i when i got out you get hit by like the normal air which is like certified freezing yeah and i felt drunk like I felt just really? like seedy, yeah. but then I did it. I went back again and again and again, but it was, it was very, very, very difficult. No, that one where you, you stretch out, you grab the back leg. It, you, yeah, you, you can't talk. Tali does all this stuff. Yeah, she does it. She does it well. So what's it? Yin. So yin is just pretty much. Is it called yin or like yeah, yin yoga? Y-I-N. So it's pretty much just you hold each stretch longer. So you might hold a stretch for, what, 30 seconds to close to a minute. And yin is more like two to five minute each stretch. So you're in one pose for like three to five minutes. But, bro, <laughs> at the end of the class, you know how some people say when you release something, you, some people cry, some people, I don't know, whatever their release is. My release for some reason when I do stuff is laugh. So, <laughs> so at the end of these you yin sessions, out. bro, I just, I don't know what it is. It's like a euphoric feeling, but I just start laughing. But it's like the greatest release in like my hips and just all my muscles. I haven't done it probably in a couple months, but bro, you got to try where yin. Do, where, where do we do it? Probably any. We're going to do, we'll do it together? We, yeah, let's we'll find a it, spot then. Yeah. We'll, yeah. well, Tali knows a, a bunch of different spots, so I'll ask her. Um, she's not teaching right now, but I'll ask her if she still goes to like classes. Do you have to be quiet when you do it? No. Like I said, people release in different ways. People will be crying. They'll release like in the middle of the session. Yeah. Or some people will just fall asleep. Like I know uh, a friend of ours, he falls asleep. (laughs) At the end, he just falls asleep. And one time at... Um, That's a compliment though, right? It to is. To be like so relaxed. It is. And one time at Tali's class, he was snoring, dog. He was snoring, <laughs> bro. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's... Bro, anybody out there, try yin. 
and then get into the hot. The hot yoga is hard though. That's hard because it's Man. just the heat. Really, you gotta. That's one of those mental focus. You gotta be mentally sharp in hot yoga. You can't think about the time. If you think about the time, you're not gonna last. You're you're not. It's gonna be a long ninety yeah. minutes. It's like, yeah. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm having to do more of is is stretching. You know, you you got to put your headphones on and just stretch, like hit every body part. Just stretch it out. You know, what's good if you stretch like in the mornings, like before you leave your house and then before you go to bed too. I find like that is really good and it helps your flex, even if it's like small things. You know what I mean? You don't have to stretch for too long, but just maybe do a couple different stretches. You know what I'm saying? One, a couple for the upper body, a couple for the, but that's two times out of, two times in one day, you know, that you got in a, a good stretch. And then you've got a, you got a maid too, cause you're going to be doing stretching right near that West window of yours, looking at the water. Oh yeah. Every morning. Son of a bitch. Every morning. Then you, go for a walk, grab a matcha. Grab a what? A matcha. Oh, that's one of those green ones, right? Yeah. What is it? It's just green tea. Why do I call it green tea? Because... Is it green tea or is it like a green powder? It's a powder. So it's, uh. the, it's the leaves grinded, grounded up. The natural green tea leaf grounded up into the powder form. What does it taste like? It's hard to tell. A lot, a lot of people don't like it because it's just that... Just that fresh, leafy green taste, honestly. You probably won't like it if you're going for taste. Honestly, though, I like it, though. But most people I know don't like matcha. But you can add honey, cinnamon. See, cinnamon to me is a game changer. I add a little cinnamon to my matcha. But it's super high antioxidants. That's why I like to drink it. Have you found, have you found better for having it? Do you like to feel better for having it? Yeah. Like, I drink that. Like, I don't really drink too much coffee. Like, I drink matcha. Yeah, right. Because it has, um, what's it? The, um, caffeine. It does have caffeine? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, it's a good morning booster. Yeah, right. Well, I might have to get onto that. I haven't tried. I've seen it advertised. Yeah, try it, bro. I like, uh, most places make it light. So try it just light, but I like your mind strong. Look at you. I might just become this, you know, this dopamine-driven strength coach that's going to become this, you know. Bro, you start taking matcha, you're going to be throwing waste through windows (laughs) in here, dog. But I'm going to be this, you know, I'm going to have dreads soon. I'm going to have drinking matcha tea. I'm going to be wearing linen fucking I'm going to walk in here. You're going to be doing yoga with damn incense lit. Oh, Justin, good to see you. Namaste. My guy going to have incense and <laughs> oil burners in here. <laughs> One of those little bells that's just the gong. Gong. Yeah, like, that's yo, what hilarious. the hell happened to Sean? Where's Sean at, bro? Bring him back. I need, Levi- I need the shit talking, Sean. The corner. <laughs> that's funny. A question I have for you. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally typing this out because I want to I wanted see where I can get some matcha from. I could, mm, I could show you some good place. You know, Health Freak. Yeah, Health I Freak do. does yeah, good yeah. matchas. It's a spot. The spot that I go to in Scarborough is called Need and Bread. It's like right by yeah, the Coles. Yeah. That's that place is unreal. You you've had I've the bread there from before. there. I've been there before. Bro, the walnut and fruit bread. What now? 
Walnut and fruit. Bro. Toasted. Walnuts are underappreciated. I'll tell you that right now. They are. That's an ugly ass nut, but mm. You know that what they say about walnuts that they're good for the brain. Yeah, wasn't it something like I read it, something it, like that, yeah. Like it looks like a brain, so it, it's good. Something yeah, like that. I heard bro, that. You know. But um oh yeah, question. I was gonna ask you about because I know we've talked about this a few times. Training before games. I know that there's a there's a couple different outlooks you have on training before games, like the morning session, afternoon sessions. And then like I keep seeing like James Harden and the Rockets and these guys training after games. Like what is your take? Look, I'm a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah, like there's a lot to unpack with it. Um I'm a big fan of pre-game lifts. Okay. So I'm going to say right now, we need to get out of this idea that, oh, if I lift in game day, I'm not going to have any energy for the game. Well, that's only true if you're lifting at the game. Right. So if your tip-off's at 7 and you're in the gym at 6, you're a moron. Right. Like, you're an idiot. But if, you're, if, you, if tip-off is at 7 or 8 or whatever... If you go, if you backtrack eight hours, maybe even seven, and get in a lift, and the lift's no more than 60% of your best, right? You're not lifting any heavier than 60%. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel amazing going into the game because you've turned on your nervous system. You, the muscles have started to move. Blood flows up. Heart rate's up. You've, you've now started shuttling blood to muscles that are then going to become activated again in the night. Right. So you the the, the carryover is going to be there, um, and it's it's funny. It almost takes less time to warm up come game time when you've had a pregame lift. Mm. Muscles are already activated. The nervous system has already been turned on. Now the nervous system takes. I think from memory, it's something like you know one to two days to start to sort of deactivate okay. so once you've stimulated your nervous system like it's it's stimulated for the day wow so and essentially your nervous system is just the the, the connection between your brain to your muscles right it's that pathway where your brain sends a message and your muscles then activate based on that message they do so they perform an action they contract based on the uh, impulse that's sent by the brain wow. so, so I, wow I, I might have another question after this about that so if so a major muscle that's recru- that's used in defense or change of direction is your glutes. Your big glute max, the big fleshy one at the back that mm. looks good in jeans, or the glute med, which is kind of like the little dimple muscle on the side of your bum, mm. right? If you turn them on and train them in the morning of a game and stimulate them, it's crazy how good they feel come game day by how easy it it, it, it feels to move because those muscles have already been warm they've been turned on and the nervous system's already been stimulated so those messages are going to cut through mm-hmm. right it takes less time to warm up right so it's all about efficiency plus you've already warmed up you've already trained and you've got another seven to eight hours to consume energy that's going to fuel you for the game Right? right. Plus, you've already got this natural rush of endorphins, so you feel good come game day. And athletes that feel good often are the ones that perform well. Mm. Right. So there's a lot of really good benefits in game day training. 
So you don't go hard. You know, you pick big movements like um, uh, some some deadlifts, front squats, incline bench presses, some step ups, a couple kettlebell swings, some lunges. Like you just pick big movements. Right. Um, some curls and presses in the one go. Start to turn on the body so that you're ready and come game time, you don't have to get ready. Right. You know? That's probably the best time I've ever seen that analogy used. You okay. know, don't have to train to get ready. But then sometimes you see an awful lot of athletes now will train, uh, will do a training session after the game. Now, a lot of that happens when teams are on the road. Okay. So getting a training session in is better to do it straight away than it is for them to go to their hotel room and then wake up the next day and do a training session and get on the plane. Right, I see what you're saying. So sometimes it's just about efficiency and, and, and logistics. Right. But so one, you don't so it's not like a recovery type thing. Well that's exactly what it is. Okay, yeah. So it's you're not training <coughs> So that po- that photo you sent me of James Harden doing some lunges. Yeah. He's not doing lunges to get better quad strength. No, right. He he's doing it to recover. So they're putting a little bit of stress and stimulus on the muscle. And then as he performs a lunge, he's lengthening those muscles. He's essentially putting them in a, in a, in a calculated stress, which allows then for him to then recover. Because mm-hmm. the, the weight that they would be using, um, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to try and hit him up. We, we've, we're colleagues. We've talked once or twice, but the... Strength coach for the Rockets is mm-hmm. uh, is another ECU grad. Oh, nice. He's an ECU alumni here just up in Perth. So I'll see if I can touch base with him. Um, but most people, when they, they end up so sore the next morning, it's because they've gone from running hot to then getting straight back in a car cold. and then getting cold. Yeah. So, and, and let's be honest, the post-game stretches and cool downs that most teams do after a game is abhorrent. They're awful. They're really? tokenistic. Mm. So to go back into the change rooms or back in the back of house and to do some squats and some lunges and some incline pull up, incline rows and that kind of jazz, you're allowing the body to slowly cool down from heightened excitement and arousal, which is what happens on court. Right. But then you're now winding it down to a controlled tempo which is then going to be kind of go from stage one to stage two. Mm. And then stage three is going to be where they start to relax and recover. Right. So it can be used as a really, really, really good tool. Cool. Right. You know, and to be honest, like I, if some athletes didn't have families out here in Perth or if clubs weren't so wimpy on it, like I, I really recommend people doing it. Right. You know, most places will have a weights room or weights or some kind of, apparatus at hand it sounds like it would be good especially for like well we were talking about nba players about how they do it like for travel but if we're talking about in the sbl sense it sounds like it would be good for like for teams to do it on double header nights it's no. brilliant i i'm surprised people don't do it mm. if you do it uh, like if you had a game on a friday yeah and you have got a game on a saturday the, and you tip offs at eight, you finish at ten. Like, sorry, guys, you're not gonna. No one's gonna get to bed until two, one o'clock, two yeah. o'clock anyway, because everyone's super aroused. That's my. was gonna be my next question. So, oh wait, strength coach, assistant coach, whoever, grab some bands, tie it around the bleachers, and get the guys doing some rows, some right. pulls, some 
some presses, like something's better than nothing. Right. And I'll tell you this. If you started this at, at the start of a season and you, if you had one team that did it and one team that didn't do it at the start of a season, I could tell you in six weeks which team was doing it because right. they'll just be more durable. Right. They'll recover better. And I think that too is the little bit of humble pie that strength coaches or up and coming strength coaches need to understand is all the rah, rah stuff you see in the gym. And I'm guilty of it. We just yeah. posted one of a kid put 45 kilos on his deadlift. Right. The rah, rah stuff has its place, but you are only an effective, you're only as effective as how well you can recover. Right. right? Um, I'll send it to you. I've got it right here. Um, a colleague of mine, Stephen Bird, the goat of S&C in the mm -hmm. world of basketball. Um, he's got, uh, they, he and Rob Beveridge just sent me one of their books mm -hmm. that he just wrote. Um, and I'll show you that when we, when we wrap up. Um, it's the re uh, a recovery checklist. Wow, okay. So you have to have 12 points of recovery. Mm -hmm. So you, we look at neural re recovery. We, we look at um, compression garments. We look at myofascial release. So foam rollers, or yeah. tri um, trigger points. Um, we look at muscular recovery. So ice baths, cryo, hydrotherapy. Um, and whatever you do, excuse me, is a tick box with points. Right. So you've got to have a minimum of 12. Physiological recovery. So like sleep hygiene, that's something I'm really enjoying is like good sleep. Good sleep, yeah. Um, substrate recovery, so nutrition and hydration and all this kind of stuff. So you've got a fair few things mm -hmm. to clock up some points right. if you're an athlete, you know? Yeah. And no, that's good. I think we started doing that last year with uh, at the Senators. I don't know if it was the same thing, but it was some type of point structure. I, look, it, it, it's Stephen has made this readily available in his book and mm -hmm. online. I'm stealing it and right. plagiarizing the crap out of it for the Redbacks <laughs> and for all of our LPC guys. Yeah. It's such a good resource. You nice. know why no one ever thought of it earlier. Right. But uh, that's good. My other question will comes comes out of your, those answers which are really good answers. The sleep. Most me, I don't know about any other players, but after games or even trainings, but especially games, it's like I'm not going to sleep till like 2, 3 a.m. And then, but what made me think about that was you talking about how everything is turned on, like the um, the nervous system, and that's and well, I guess to me, I just sparked in my mind like, well, that's it. It's the nervous system. Well, what better time to train or to do some kind of right. movement or exercise right. when it's already stimulated? Right. Like it, it's the it's one of the best times. Mm. You, you're mad not to take that opportunity when it's presented. Yeah. No, that's a good one. And what would you say to be the best way, even if people weren't lifting, to cool down after a game to try to get, you know, sleep at a good time? Yeah, look, it's one of those things where I don't think you can fight it. You're aroused. Mm -hmm. You're you're in this heightened fight or flight state, you know, and even if you've won or if you've lost, yep. like you're going to be, you're, you're, your nervous system's on, your body's aroused, it's turned on, it's activated, like... You you just gotta be prepared for the fact that you're not going to go to bed early, Word. right? Don't like don't fight it, but you can try to woo it and convince it to calm down. So using things like you know Stephen's checklist, but using thing using particular nutrition. So things like uh, turkey, 
mm. has a really, really high level of um, uh, tryptophan. Okay. And tryptophan is uh, a, a pre. Uh, oh, I've, I've, you stumped me now. Um, tryptophan is one of those um, amino acids that is um, very, very important in helping putting you putting you to sleep. Okay. Oh man, I just found. So I just forgot like, what like kind of a, a precursor it was. Melatonin. Uh, yeah, look, melatonin works really, really, really well. Okay, but that's um, not the word you're looking for. No, it's um, <clears throat> melatonin can work really well. Yeah. Melatonin is not something that I would try Suggest, to yeah. to to try and have all the time. Um, oh, it, it's a precursor to serotonin. Serotonin. Okay. That's what I was looking yeah. for. So serotonin is that happy, feel-good hormone. That's you know that's what happens when you relax. Right. So every time you have, like if you like Thanksgiving when you have a turkey dinner, what's the one thing you want to do when you have turkey dinner? You want to go to sleep after. Straight away. <laughs> Straight away. So having things like the right kind of foods post-game is going to help get you to sleep. Nice. Using things like um, high doses, high doses of magnesium. Oh, yeah. Right. So um, I use a, a brand called uh, Trilogy Nutrition, and they have a product called Gabba Mag, and it works like a treat. You know, so for most people, you could take six or six grams, which isn't that much, six grams post training, uh, post um, game. Okay. But depending on how big you are, how many minutes you've done, like you could probably go up to eight, and that's going to help bring you to sleep as well. Because I think there's three different types of magnesium in it. So that works a treat. Um, having a hot shower, anything yeah. to, that you can do to relax. Yeah. Um, have soothing music in your ear. Have right. a, the drive home. Um, do things that are yin-based, calming, yeah. centering, you know, this kind of stuff. You know, um, They work really, really well. But you've also got to be prepared that you're not going to get to sleep True. At, at, a, at a reasonable time. Yeah, I've learned that. So if you've got that awful SBL short change double header where you got the Saturday night, then the, the Sunday afternoon, that's brutal. So like you've just got to know that you're not going to be well rested going yeah. into Sunday. And it's he who or she who recovers best is more often going to perform better. Better, right. Indeed. That's good stuff, bro. People, people should be paying for this information. <laughs> people, people do, but this is the cool thing. Like we, we just want to set the standard of, you know, what what athletes and normal people need to be doing to reach high levels of performance, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's th there's method in the madness, yeah. You know, and the devil is in the details. Um, Celtics in seven. I'm so upset watching the game before. <laughs> oh boy. Smart this was is gonna fouled. be a, hey, on which play? The I, last play. I thought play. Kimball Walker was fouled on when he went up for that layup. Went, was that before the second overtime or the first overtime? It was. A, a, um, it was towards the end of the second overtime. He went in, got punched, assaulted, raped, abused, slandered, the whole nine. <laughs> he got fouled for sure. Right, no call. And then uh, the last play, um, uh, Gasol. No, no, um, who's the big that big center, big son bitch? Who for? Was Gasol? Yeah. Yeah, just r pushed Marcus Smart in the back, pushed him over, and ran over and fell on top of him. 
and there was three refs looking at it. And it was oh, you mean the, the very last the play? The very last play. I don't know, man. Smart, Smart is a he, big flopper, dog. See, Brand. He's a big. He's flopper. known as a flopper, so mm. no one's gonna give him anything. Yeah, that's don't, true. Don't I flop. Mean, can't be flopping don't flop everywhere, kids. man. That boy. But that's gonna be a tough game seven, man. The Raptors, bro, it was a lot of clutch shot making in that game, man. I was like, wow, every time. Wow, wow, wow. High level basketball right there. We we better win. I'll I'll be I'll but be in a state of depression if we don't get through. You into should them. definitely be stressed right now. <laughs> <laughs> Celtics oh fans should be stressed yeah, right now. It's gonna be a tough game seven to get rid of the Raptors. Cause they're not just laying over. That's the thing about the Raptors. Like, you go blow up 15, but somehow they gonna get back in the game. I'm nervous. But if they win the next podcast, we're gonna open to some Irish jig music. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> I can promise you that, Bucko. Anyway, we're out of here. Peace. <laughs>